Today, we're going to talk about productivity. More specifically, we're going to try to understand why we procrastinate, what we can do about it, and how we can be more productive in our day-to-day lives. Get excited, because this is Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps. Big Changes, where I share simple strategies to help you live a more intentional life. My name is Greg Clunas, and today I want to talk about productivity. Uh, I think it's something that we all struggle with. It's something that we we all need to be more of in our day-to-day lives, especially if we're working towards specific goals. But it can be really challenging. It can be difficult to actually follow through and be productive when we need to, especially if we've had a hard day or if we are just not in sort of the right mental place. And so that got me thinking, what is it that we actually need to do? What are the things that allow us to be more productive when we need it in the moment, uh, regardless of what's going on for us? And I think I found a a handful of tools that can help. And in a moment, I want to share those tools with you. But before we jump into that, uh, I think it's important that we start with an understanding of procrastination. More specifically, why do we procrastinate? There are a handful of reasons why I procrastinate, and I think they might be the same for you. So I'm going to talk through each of those reasons, and hopefully there'll be something that you can sort of take in and uh, look for in your own day-to-day life. So the first big reason is lack of engagement. And this is where the task at hand is just not something you're that interested in. Like you have to do it. It's important. Maybe your boss asked you to do it. Maybe it's for uh, like a chore that you just don't really care about but needs to be done. But you're not that interested. You're not intrinsically motivated to move towards that action. And this, I think, is often the reason. This is probably like the most common reason for procrastinating is that you just don't want to do the thing. It happens all the time and it's okay. It happens to everyone, but it is a massive problem, especially if that task needs to be done. And one of the things you can do when you find yourself not as engaged, not as interested as you need to be in order to move this task forward is to try and find some other way to put pressure on yourself. So for example, you could try to focus on the part of that thing that you are engaged with and interested in. Maybe you're not interested in the outcome. Maybe you don't care about the task, but there 
might be a piece of it that's important to you, or you could add an external sort of source of pressure, uh, some kind of extrinsic motivator like a reward or uh, something that works incredibly well for me is to just put on a timer, give myself some time pressure to focus on that thing. And we're going to talk about some of these strategies in a moment. Now, the second reason that I've found is a lack of confidence. And this is typically a skill issue. You do not feel that you are capable of accomplishing the task at the level it needs to be accomplished. Um, and that may or may not be true. It might be that you can actually do that. The problem isn't whether or not you actually can. The problem is how you feel about it. So you are missing sort of self-confidence or you haven't been sort of given the confidence you need uh, because you don't have the resources or because you don't have the support or whatever it might be. Um, so this lack of confidence piece is something that what we end up finding is if we don't feel like we can accomplish the goal to the level it needs to be accomplished, we find ourselves sort of drifting away from it, sort of putting it off constantly, not because we're not interested. We want to do the thing. We want to move forward on it, but because we don't feel like we can, because it feels like what's the point of starting if we're either not going to be able to finish, we're not going to be able to finish it in time, or it's not going to be good enough. And there's another piece of this where it feels like others maybe don't value that task as much as you do. And so it's important. It's something that you're driven to do and intrinsically motivated to take action on. But others outside of you may feel that it's not that important and they may share that with you, which then leads to a lack of confidence in whether or not you should move that thing forward. Because at the end of the day, it's hard to argue for something that you think is important if others, especially those above you, are telling you it's not that important. So when you find yourself struggling with this reason for procrastinating, one of the best things you can do is to try to figure out where that's coming from. What is the reason for the lack of confidence? If it's a lack of skill, then you need to commit to trying to sort of fill that gap at least to a small degree. The more skill and knowledge you gain here, the more confident you'll feel. If it's a lack of support, then you need to start having conversations. You need to speak to the people who could be supporting you, who should be supporting you, and start to figure out what's missing. Why aren't they? Is it that it's truly not important, or is it that that they're just not as engaged and interested as you are. And then the third reason for procrastinating is also one I suffer from, which is the lack of energy. So this comes when you find yourself wanting to do something, you know you can do it, but you just can't get yourself to focus. You can't get yourself to uh, uh, stay engaged long enough. And this also comes from physical factors like not getting enough sleep, not eating well enough, not uh, uh, having the sources of energy that you need in order to follow through on the task. And this one, thankfully, is sometimes the easiest to solve because it just comes down to fixing those like physical problems, getting yourself enough sleep, making sure that you're eating however you need to eat in order to feel energized, making sure you're drinking more water, doing the things to take care of your health that allow you to be engaged with the task. But before we move on to talk about the three techniques that I'm going to share with you in this episode, I want to point out that each of these problems, each of these reasons for procrastinating are solved by one thing, and that is more organization. So the idea is whatever your reason for procrastinating, oftentimes the best solution is to simply create a plan for it. Now, that plan might include 
new tools and practices and techniques to help you move past the not taking action phase. Or it might just include the work you do before you sit down to try and work, like eating healthier, getting to sleep, so on and so forth. But organization and systems are typically the solution for productivity and procrastination problems. And I want you to keep that in mind as we go forward, because what I want to talk about now are four specific tools for tackling procrastination and being far more productive utilizing organization and systems. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the first is to help with prioritization, and it's called the Eisenhower Box. Now, if you're familiar with the show, I've talked about the Eisenhower Box before. It's a phenomenal way to help you identify what you need to be working on next. So here's how it works. You take a piece of paper and you draw a square on it. Now, within that square, you're going to subdivide it into four smaller squares. So you just draw a line down the middle and a line down the middle in the other direction, whether horizontally or vertical. You divide that larger box into four smaller boxes. Now you're gonna wanna label those boxes. So in the top left, you're gonna label it important and urgent. In the top right, you're gonna label it important but not urgent. In the bottom left, we're gonna label it not important but urgent. And in the bottom right, we're going to label it not important but not urgent. And what you end up with is a very simple system where you can now take the tasks that you are working on and you can drop them into each of these sections based on how you evaluate them. Are they important? Is there urgency attached to them? Place them where they need to be. And what you find is it becomes crystal clear what you need to work on and what order to work on them. So the things that are important and urgent obviously need to be done immediately. The things that are important but not urgent uh, maybe need to be done after the things that are urgent but not important. And that's not always going to be easy to see until you use a system like this. Now you can take things further by actually adding a rule to this where anything that falls into that not important and not urgent box just completely gets dropped. We no longer worry about it or think about it. We'll revisit it if it ever becomes important or urgent. But if it's not important and it's not urgent, it really shouldn't be done. And there are a thousand other things we need to do. So using something like the Eisenhower box can help us to get a better understanding of what actually needs to be worked on as we're planning out our tasks for the day. And it also adds some additional context to those tasks so that as we're working on them, we can keep that in mind. If something is important and urgent, it's significantly easier to stay focused on it if we know that ahead of time rather than just working off of a to-do list and just seeing a task on a page. Now, the next tool is called time blocking. This is something I've been doing significantly more in my personal life, and it's the practice of taking a calendar and blocking out time for specific tasks. And uh, you can do this based on the task or you can do it on the category. So you may have a two-hour block to work on something like video editing 
or you may have a two-hour block that is marked content, and it could include scripting or recording or video editing. Um, whichever approach works for you, I think it's worth testing both and seeing. It's also possible that some days it'll make sense to go based on the task, and other days it'll make sense to uh, go based on the category. But whatever your approach is, Taking that calendar and blocking out time specifically for those things allows us to prioritize that work. It frees our thoughts up so that we don't have to think about that thing anymore because it's been considered. The work is going to get done. It's scheduled in the calendar. And so we don't have to worry about it. It doesn't have to be on our mind anymore until that time comes. And it also gives us the advantage of being more flexible throughout the day. Because something is scheduled ahead of time, if we find that we're going to need to move that block, we can do so. We can shift it by 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in either direction and give ourselves the time still, give ourselves the focus for that specific task or category, but be flexible to the needs of the day as things pop up. The next technique I want to talk about is the Pomodoro technique. Now, this is something I, this is a, a, a thing that I love. Like, it, it's probably my favorite productivity tool ever. Uh, I talk about it all the time, and I could not recommend it more. But it's specifically while you're working on the task. So the other tools are about, like, organizing the task and sort of choosing uh, when you're going to work on something, what you're going to work on. This is during the actual work. And it's, it's much more about how you work. So the Pomodoro technique, for anyone who isn't familiar, is the process of setting a timer for 25 minutes, working for those 25 minutes, and then taking a five-minute break. After that, you'll reset the clock, do another 25 minutes, followed by another five minutes, and you'll repeat that for five sessions. After those five, you can take a longer break. Now, here's what I love about this. There's a few things. The first is that you have dedicated rest time. This is something that I think we often don't think about when we consider how we're going to become more productive. We're just focused on doing the work, but we forget that a massive part of productivity is giving ourselves the space we need to rest. Rest is huge when it comes to productivity. It ensures that we have the energy to dedicate to that task, which allows us to avoid that problem of lacking energy when it comes to being productive. It also helps us to stay engaged with the task over time and, and continue to sort of enjoy that thing rather than feeling burned out. So it builds rest into the work process by giving you those dedicated five minutes that also then serves as a reward. It's much easier to stay focused for the 25 minutes because you know this rest is going to come. You know this break is built into the process. You don't need to reach for your phone during the work session because you'll have five minutes to do it as soon as you're done. And then the third thing that I think it's helpful for is time pressure. By giving you this sort of restricted period of time for work, these 25 minutes, and then setting a timer counting down for those 25 minutes that you can typically see the countdown happening, the time pressure helps you to stay locked in. And I can't tell you how many times that I've started to drift and I've started to wonder like, eh, what, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And I see that clock counting down and I see that it says 15 minutes left or 12 minutes left. And I feel like, yeah, okay, I can keep pushing. And this happens for any of you who uh, go to the gym or do any kind of like at home workout. This happens when you have a timer working for you in the gym as well. If you're taking a class, you're in the middle of that class, it feels tough, it feels difficult to push through. And 
then you see that you actually only have eight minutes left of the class, it all of a sudden becomes easier to find the energy you need to keep pushing. And part of it is because the energy was always there. But because you felt like you just were on this endless treadmill, you couldn't tap into it. Once you saw that there was an end in sight and you were making progress towards that, you were able to activate that uh, uh, sort of built-in energy that you weren't accessing before. And if you're interested in that topic more, I'm going to be talking about it over on my personal YouTube channel. Uh, link is in the description. But the last tool that I want to talk about is called the two-minute rule. And this one is interesting to me because it's about the action piece of things. So it's kind of a rule for how we determine when something comes in, what we're going to do as far as how we work on them. So uh, the two-minute rule states that when something comes in, if it can be completed in under two minutes, we just do it immediately. The value here is that oftentimes when we're working off of a to-do list or a project management system or any of these sort of like methods of working, we find ourselves with this endless list of things that need to be done, either from ideas we have or requests from other people. And this list can build up over time into this massive source of stress and anxiety. And this can actually contribute to our second reason for procrastination, which was that lack of confidence. It feels like we can't tackle this mountain, so we're just not going to start. And one of the things that the two-minute rule allows for is if something comes in and it's going to take less than two minutes, we just get it done immediately. We no longer add to the pile. What that also has the effect of is everything that's left in our like task list is going to be focused on those bigger projects that can't be done in two minutes. And so we give ourselves the, the, the space to track those projects. Meanwhile, these two-minute tasks get knocked out immediately. Now, there is a sort of second level to this technique where uh, we can add this rule that says if something is going to take longer than two minutes, we have the option to start it immediately and work on it for exactly two minutes. Now, this feels stupid on the surface, right? Like, what's the point? Well, the point is, and I've talked about this in the past on the show, it is significantly easier to return to something, something that you've already started, something that you've already been working on. It's significantly easier to go back to that than it is to start something new. And I've talked about this in the past in relationship to like our identity. Like I've, I've said in the past, uh, it's easier if you identify as a runner, it's going to be easier to get back into running than if you're brand new to running and want to get started. And a reason for that is because it's sort of tied into who you are. You are a runner. And so running happens by default. Uh, a similar thing happens here where you've started the task. It's much, much less overwhelming to go back to it and work on it from this micro sort of level then it would be thinking about the entire thing and getting overwhelmed by everything that needs to happen and just never starting so adding this additional rule can sometimes make it easier to uh, uh, get things moving so that it doesn't uh, just sit there forever, especially when it's one of those bigger projects now I don't love this rule and the main reason for that is because um, you end up with a lot of like big projects that have been started and it also makes it difficult to uh, prioritize like, okay, so I'm going to start this thing for two minutes and I'm going to start that thing for two minutes, but when am I ever working on these things? But I think if you take that rule and you combine it with the time blocking rule where you've got scheduled time for things, 
um, I think it could become a really powerful system. But you'll have to try it out and let me know what you think. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to join the conversation, head over to YouTube if you're not already watching there and leave a comment on this video. Um, the the podcast YouTube is there. Uh, you can also, if you're watching this on Spotify, just respond to today's question. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to watch this podcast again, but seriously condensed, uh, I've actually started doing three-minute podcasts. So I take the entire podcast episode, I cut out everything that's not absolutely critical, and I release it in full over on TikTok and Instagram. So the links for those can be found in the description of this episode, um, or it's Instagram at Tiny Leaps and TikTok at Tiny Leaps, but uh, super worth watching, super worth sharing with a friend. It's probably the most digestible version of these podcasts, so check them out. Let me know what you think. And with that said, thank you so much for being here. My name is Greg Clunas, and remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day.